Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Today, we get right into the important topics. Mainly, what would you do if you were in your house and heard a Michael Jackson (laughs) (laughs) coming out of the bathroom? Steffi, surprisingly brave answer coming from you. Uh, We also talked on some other interesting stuff that's just topical. Um, I don't want to give too much of a spoiler, but there's some crazy stuff going on in the internet world. Um, Vaccines are coming everybody's like who are you gonna take the vaccine and nobody really knows what the the whole deal is people are scared that it's been rushed because usually vaccines take years and years and years to come out and this one's been cranked out fast we talk about why that's not really as much of a concern as a lot of people uh, might think talk about some of the new things that are going on at hybrid uh you know and get up to our our usual mischievous ways so um, as always, this podcast is brought to you by Go Strong Equipment. Make sure you check them out at GoStrongEquipment.com. They have the best equipment in the game. Uh, you can check them out and see what some of their equipment looks like uh, easily on Instagram at GoStrongEquipment. So check them out. Uh, don't forget to screenshot the episode, post in your story, tag us, tag Hybrid Unlimited, and you'll automatically be entered in a draw to win a brand new full drop from Hybrid Legacy Brand. So don't forget to do that. It is definitely worth it. And uh, as always, we appreciate you guys listening and sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Yo, I'm hot and cold at the same time. You're yes and you're no. Like my feet are clammy and my armpits are like sweating, but I'm cold. That happens to me all the time when we do podcasts in this room for some reason. I think because there's a constant struggle with you and me between what the temperature should be. I'm tr- always trying to make it cold. You're always trying to make it hot. And it's like this weird thing on our body because it's constantly changing. And sometimes I like sneakishly go change the thermostat uh-huh. to make it colder and you do the same to make it hotter. <laughs> so our bodies are just confused. Um, yeah. So I want to get right to an important topic. If you hear a Michael Jackson, hee hee Coming from your bathroom, what would you do? You're home alone. (laughs) And go. I'm home alone. Yeah, you're home alone. And I just hear that. (laughs) Yeah. It was like that. Uh Uh-huh. Probably go investigate. What do you mean? You're going to go investigate? Are you insane? What's Michael Jackson going to do if he's here? What are you, a teenager in a horror movie? (laughs) Oh, I heard a chainsaw (laughs) coming from the basement. Let me go take a look. Yeah, probably I'll send Dexter. Okay, I'll go grab my gun. It's the first thing I would do. Okay. Send Dexter because he's trained to go see who's there. Right. And bark really aggressively. Uh-huh. So I'll send him in first just in case he can distract him and grab my gun. Okay. And then I'll go in. You go in. Yeah, with my phone, with probably have someone on the line, whether it's like 911 or you. That's pretty brave. You wouldn't just like walk out of the house, call 911 and. No, I'll probably call someone and be like, yo, I heard something in my house. You know, can you stay on the line? And then I'll send Chuchi, then I'll grab my gun and then I'll go investigate. Wow. All right. I mean, you're brave, dude. I, th- I don't even know if I. Yeah, dude, because he, he, I mean, that's not the scariest thing I've heard, you know? But sometimes those like, like if I heard like a, like a, like a demonic growl, dude, I'm getting the fuck out of that house, bro. What about a child laughing? Oh uh, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, that's, that's even worse. Yeah. See, but, but the he, he is like, 
you know, it's right up there with with a child laughing. Like it's it's still weird. But I feel like the he he could be something that like Alexa do, does to fuck with you. You know, you know Alexa <laughs> acts up sometimes. <laughs> she is out of control. What's this the the clicking thing that she does like, in the middle of the night? I just feel like she's scanning our room, and Amazon knows everything about our house now. Yeah, sometimes it like clicks randomly or makes some some noises, and and goes. <laughs> what do you say? I don't know. I don't what, what did I say? I can remember. It's like, Alexa, stop doing whatever you're doing. <laughs> Alexa, leave us alone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or, hey, stop doing that clicking thing. She'll stop. <laughs> she listens. So I'm like, what the hell is she? Yeah, so, so I feel like if it's a child laugh. It, sorry. No. Yeah, if it's a hee hee. could definitely be some sort of like sick joke that, that Amazon's playing with us. Fair. Jeff Bezos, you crazy, crazy devil. Yeah, well, speaking of child porn, <laughs> because, I mean, we're on the topic with Michael Jackson. You heard what's going on with Pornhub? No. So they just, there's been this huge controversy because apparently unbeknownst to them, I don't know how that, how that website works. Do people upload, is it like YouTube? You can like have an account and like upload your content? I don't know. But apparently they had like controversy of child porn on their platform. And because of it, MasterCard and Visa pulled out of basically letting those purchases go through. So, like, anyone who had a subscription to one of those sites with a MasterCard or a Visa, no longer, they can't make money through that. So, they basically purged the site of anything that could be deemed as child porn and pulled down 10 million videos, which seems like a huge problem because... You just didn't know about 10 million videos that were child porn related? Like, that seems like a huge oversight, no? Ten million videos. Ten million. And they're, cl- and they're claiming they didn't know they were there. Correct, correct. Yeah, that sounds like a whole lot of bullshit. I don't, I don't know what the details are, though, right? Is it like... I'm going to look what, up how you upload videos to Pornhub. What, what are the... And what Pornhub? Yeah. And what are also, like, how do they define child porn? Like, what about people, kids who look very young, who are playing, like, people who look very young, who are playing a child in one of those videos, but are not actually a child? Like, how does that work? What's this? Which part am I looking at here? Which measure is not strict. As any, wow, as strict as any social media platform, they think. That's how they're going to be now. Or unverified community members. Yep. Yeah, look, most of the site's content is uploaded by unverified community members. So it is like that. It's like starting a YouTube page and then you can just throw your your porn up there. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I wonder how those people are compensated. Is it the same way, like views as through YouTube? Like you get paid like AdSense? <laughs> wow. What a crazy industry. I mean, you know what else I learned the other day? Hmm. Huh. That a kid can be charged with distribution of child porn if they sent it. If like if a kid sends child porn to another kid, even just the fact that they're they're distributing it is a crime regardless of their age. Isn't that wild? I guess it makes sense. You just have to like snip that all out. Are you reading up on this right now? Yeah, they said that they have a vast team of human moderators who manually review every single upload as well as automated detection technologies 
Now, they or said in the that, past. yeah, like that always. Always? Well, they missed 10 million child porn videos. <laughs> so I don't know if that's it's a very crazy. sophisticated system. But that's, yeah. that's rough, man. I mean, what? how else could people pay for those services? So Amex was chill. They're like, <laughs> Amex is like, yeah, we're fine. A lot, of, a lot of money comes through here. I don't know. That's crazy. Um, I wonder how, how do kids get into that? What? Check child pornography. Do they get? I think it's a whole like trafficking. And oh yeah, I, I, don't, I think, I think probably a lot of them are not doing it consensually. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. A lot of like the sex trafficking trade and all that stuff. That's on, on a lighter note. <laughs> Dude. Yeah. Way to fucking. <laughs> no, but, okay. So on a lighter note, there's also, I just saw this uh, on Reddit. There's like this debate going on um, between parents and kids, but like a public forum debate uh, about whether or not if kids are paying rent while living at home with their parents, like if their parents are charging them rent. Mm -hmm. Some kids are saying that parents should be held to the same restrictions and stuff as landlords. Like, for example, let's say you live at your house with your mom, mm -hmm. right? Pay your mom 500 bucks a month to live there. Okay. Uh, your mom is checking up on you, like going through your shit, mm -hmm. you know, doing some things that would be deemed in inappropriate. Like breach of privacy. Yeah. Those sorts of things. Like, should she have to give you 24 hour notice to like go in your room? Like all, basically all those things like evictions or like, you know, uh -huh. all the things associated with that. What's your initial instinct? Cause I have, so, I have some thoughts on this. Like what, what are you saying? Is it allowed or is it not allowed? Right. Like they should no, be there's able no rule to? right right now. Your, your parent can do whatever they want with their house. Your, right. your parent can charge you and be a dick all they want and yeah. not follow any sort of rules. Okay. But kids are arguing because they don't have maybe the means, like maybe it's, for example, in a city like where all my friends are in Toronto, it's very expensive. You want to live in a shoebox for a million bucks plus, like that's your option. Other, like people can't, <clears throat> a lot of people can't afford to live. I mean, but, but it's private, private property. They had, they can decide whether, whatever they want to do with their house. Yeah, I agree. And I'll tell you why. I think the reason why a landlord is confined to that is because of all the professionalism that goes along with it. And it protects both sides, right? Uh -huh. You have to do a background check. You have to ensure that that person has the right amount of credit. Like there's all these different things mm -hmm. that you have to do in order to qualify for rent. Okay. And I feel like it's sort of a trade-off where your parent, like a parent can be like, well, I'm not going to, I know you have shit credit. Yeah. <laughs> I know you basically, you can't live anywhere else and this is your only option. And I'm most likely if it's your parent, they're giving you a reasonable rate. Uh -huh. It's like, I feel like that comes with some privilege and also like your relationship and your privacy is almost like outside of that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And also go live somewhere else. Uh huh. What do you think? I have no idea where this is coming from. Uh, it's just something I read that I was like, I'm, I'm interested in. Because a big problem with with millennials and with uh, what's the one below us, Gen Z, because things cost more than ever, and we're in the middle of a pandemic, and a lot of people don't have jobs, and it's very difficult. So who's saying that they should be able to charge their kids? I don't understand what you're trying to say. Who said that? No, no, there's. 
parents do charge kids rent. So what? That's their decision. Yeah, I I agree with you. But there's a big debate going on right now is like, should parents who are charging their kids rent be treated the same way legally as as regular landlords? No. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. But like there's a lot of people who don't agree. Maybe they're trying to teach their kids a lesson, you know? You'll see her pull the chair uh, forward a little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a weird thing now. Like things have just gotten so expensive for most people and like jobs and pay don't sort of like haven't increased with that sort of increase. And it's like causing all these new struggles. Uh huh. It's a tough one, but I mean, hopefully this pandemic's going to be over fairly soon and that part of the stress will be removed. There's a vaccine coming. It's already here. Here? It's being distri- distributed? Yeah. Where? When? It's being distributed to healthcare professionals first. That makes sense. Yep. Uh, how, do you, is, how do you qualify as a healthcare professional? Like, do you qualify? No. No, because I you don't... You have to be practicing? Yeah, you have to be practicing. And it's like forefront people first, like like emergency, you know, intensive care units. The people who are basically coming in direct line of fire Nurses, with, with yeah. the virus itself. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Um... Will you take the vaccine first round as soon as it becomes available? Yeah, of course. Why? Why not? Because I know this is actually somewhat of a divisive subject. I mean, so the first thing is the argument people are trying to make about the like effectiveness of the vaccine. Um, It's very effective. Like I have, I screenshotted an article here. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, it's very effective and it's very safe. I think a lot of people, are, you know, are under the misconception that because the vaccine didn't take 15 years to be to be developed, that it was rushed. And the thing is that it, the reason why that's just not correct is because pretty much the world, the world's brightest minds and the world, the entire world, stopped and worked together with unlimited resources to develop this vaccine. There's a lot of smart people out there. So what happened was that everyone was working together towards the same common goal with unlimited resources. And that's why they were able to expedite finding a solution to the problem. Instead of one company trying to come up with a vaccine and it obviously not being a world priority. Exactly. Yeah. That that makes perfect sense to me. Also, while there was no cure for this particular um, virus strand, they had already identified the genome sequence of um, the, what was that? What was the actual name of the virus? SARS. SARS. COVID-15. Right. Like we had, they had already identified the genome sequence. So that made the process of coming up with a vaccine slightly less challenging. Um, and then in addition to that, like the clinical trials that they did, they did it on like over 40,000 people. So it wasn't that, that it a was a large or small sample size relatively It's for studies like that. It's huge. Oh, okay. It's huge. Like it gives you a, a very large amount of statistical power to say when you've tested something on 40,000 people. Mm. So yeah, I mean, obviously yeah, I think it's just based on that information alone. It's pretty safe. It's pretty safe. And yeah, I think 100% of, of 
doctors, medical professionals that I know are going to be taking it. Have you, have you spoken to some? Um, I've, I've read their views. Uh, yeah. They're going to be taking it. So. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I just, it, the conspiracy theories that come out of this are just crazy. Like the people who think it's Bill Gates trying to microchip everybody by like forcing this vaccine on people. Are you, they're not mandatory, right? Do you think they should be mandatory? Cause that's another topic. This vaccine or vaccines in general? Vaccines that are determined by the government or whoever makes those decisions uh, being mandatory. Like for example, I, I think it's the hepatitis uh, vaccines, like to go to school in Toronto at a certain age, you had to get the vaccine or otherwise you weren't allowed to go to school. Yeah. There, there's there, a few other ones like that. Too. Yeah. There definitely, there, there's definitely certain vaccines that, that absolutely need to be mandatory, especially in school settings. Cause it's, it's, even if you don't agree with it or you think you're going to be okay, if you get it, it's not about you. It's about protecting the public. Sure. It's about the best interest of the people of everyone. So it's just such a selfish decision to make to, not want to be uh, immunized against against a disease that you don't have to get that's highly transmittable and that can put so many other people at risk and in danger. Like it's just really selfish. So I think that's really that hospital settings and then schools like college and graduate level programs. Those are the the only real scenarios in which they can you know, assert some sort of control over your decision to get vaccinated or not. But it's sad that so many people are so skeptical. They It's beyond skepticism. It's straight up just It's flat earth science, man. But it, and it's automatic it's automatic or lack distrust. Of it's not like I'm skeptical, prove me wrong. It's like for whatever reason, I believe that it is the truth that this is all a conspiracy and nothing you can say will change my mind. It's and so that, irrational. That is flat earth. It is flat earth bullshit, dude. It's so, uh, it's crazy to me. It's, it's like a, like a paranoia that everyone is conspiring against you at all times. I just don't understand like why and when did people become just so fearful of everything and everyone. Uh-huh. Except for the deadly virus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the one thing that is Yeah, fake. I don't know. I think one thing that perpetuates those kinds of fears and thoughts is the fact that the ease at which the media gets manipulated makes it really difficult to discern what's right and what's wrong mm -hmm. or what's, what's true and what's not, what's made up. Dude, like, I think, I can't remember like the exact statistic, but it's like, you can, you can pretty much start any sort of rumor on Facebook or on Google, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like there's like, there's people that dedicate their lives to starting fake rumors about things, about mm -hmm. stuff, health related stuff, aliens, uh, war theories, flat earth theories. Yeah, like shit to there's disrupt elections. To, exactly. Exactly. So I think that's what makes it, that's what makes it difficult. There's like, who are you going to be listening to? That's why, what I always say, you know, it's, you just got to go with like data, factual data and that's it. And then you select a few people from, at least what I do is like, there's a few people that I deem, you know, have integrity and have values and, and are 
intelligent how, academic. How do you determine who those people are? Um, I think there's several things like their level of education, you know, what kind of what types of trends they associate with in general. It's like, you know, you, you, you pay attention to what they say about multiple different topics and then you start creating your, I guess, your opinion of that person and, and what you think their values are. And, and for the most part, people who are open with, about their views with the public, um, well, I guess it wouldn't be fair to say that they have like high integrity. I don't know. I think it, it's just a combination of what they put out there and, and whether or not I feel like it's based on facts, data and science and not just based on like empty opinions or like flat earth theory. Yeah. Has your mindset changed at all about like how people personally should handle this from the beginning of the pandemic to now? Um, mine, mean, mine has. I think that, I think that the mis the mistake was how, um, just the media, but th that's, what's hard. It's like, you, you really have no control over how the, how the media portrays information. Right. So yeah, it wasn't, it, it was a critical situation. It was an emergency situation in the sense that it was a highly contagious, deadly for some virus that was overwhelming the medical system, the medical healthcare system. That is something that is undeniable. Like that is exactly what was happening. There's, there's footage of the hospitals being flooded with people that needed ventilators, that needed oxygen support that they didn't have access to because there's just not enough of, of, of enough beds in a, in a intensive care unit. There's not enough places to isolate people. So obviously you know, that, that's undeniable, that was an undeniable kind of situation that was very risky for most people. But I think the problem was like how much fear the media was instilling in the public and just how, um, I don't know, it was like, it, it was exaggerated on other fronts, right? Cause, cause they, they blew it out of proportion in some ways that made people feel like there was an ulterior motive. Got it. That's yeah. what that's what I think, at least. I think how my well, dude, but you can see, like, what if they didn't do it that way, and they didn't, you know, would people have just gone, stayed out, and not used their mask if they had been more conservative in their approach and how they how they exp expressed it in the media? No, I, yeah. Do you imagine? I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the necessarily what the solution is, but the problem with the whole isolation thing is that. It only works if everybody in society buys into it. And the fact that like this thing presented itself and literally all it would have taken is for everyone to stay in their house for 14 days. <laughs> if everyone just did that, this whole thing would have been behind us in 14 days. No, no, no. It would have taken a little bit longer than that. How? How would it have spread? Huh? Because it, because not everyone, not everyone uh, contracts the virus at the same time. So everyone has different times, like 14 days, but maybe I didn't, you know, I spent 14 days, but my vi but the virus is still alive in me after 16 days because I contracted it two days after you. You know what I mean? I just don't think 14 day quarantine would be enough to eradicate the virus because people acquire the virus at different times. So your point is that say we, uh, we were in quarantine for 14 days. I've been around you. You have COVID. Mm -hmm. I don't get it till the 10th day. 
that only gives me four days. Yeah. That's your point? That's my point. Um, yeah, I guess. But then it's like, couldn't people just go get tests and see if they have COVID? Then? And then they go out and then they give it to someone else and it just replicates. Yeah, true. I mean, my mindset's changed in that at the beginning, I was for everybody, like just locking up. And now my mindset, <clears throat> the longer it goes on, the more I I actually agree with the point that people who are at risk should just stay at home. Because what we've seen is people making their best effort to sort of society making its best effort to comply. And some people kind of just said, fuck it the entire time. And that really screwed up the, the whole plan that uh, for the guidelines that the CDC put out. So that being the case, like we're getting to the point now where like most people I know have had it. Yeah. We also knew that that staying home in lockdown wasn't going to eradicate it. Like that was never the goal. Where it was flattening the curve. Exactly. So, but, but I think that, that, that was the goal because they knew it's impossible to get society to fully everyone to buy in. They knew people were still going to go out. They knew people were going to spread the virus. They, they knew they not. couldn't hold people back for, for as long as they needed to, in order for everyone to get healthy right, and stop spreading it because, but, because it was, because we, because the inform because we the public got the information too late. The virus was a thing in November of 2019. Yeah. Like it had already spread. Yeah, I get what you're saying. There were no contingency plans. The plans from the Trump administration changed, so we didn't know, so we weren't prepared for what to do. So they kept so the government actually didn't make the information public until late in March or April. That's when they said that the virus was here. The virus had been here. You know, uh -huh. for a long time. So the spread was already massive, massive. Right. right. Uh, yeah. And like I said, so at the beginning, I didn't feel a lot of pity for businesses that were struggling because like, look, dude, it's a couple months or a month or whatever. Get through it. Like that's poor business planning if you can't float yourself for a month or two. But now it's gotten to the point where it's like, I mean, we're coming up on almost a, uh, a, year. a year since we've been alerted about yeah. it. Yeah. Which is like, I mean, you can't expect a business to be able to make no money for a year and and survive and pay its employees and, and you know, do all that stuff. So now I, I'm kind of seeing it as like the responsibility more than ever is on the individual to one, just don't be around people who are at risk if mm -hmm. you're going to be out doing things. But I feel like it should be kind of the way Miami is, regular life plus a mask. You take the precautions that are, are necessary that that sort of limit the exposure, but like the chances are if you're living your life, you're probably going to get it. And then it's just your responsibility to one, if you're somebody who is at high risk, you take the necessary precautions to, you know, not put yourself in places that are particularly yeah, risky. If you're a high risk, you definitely shouldn't be going out anywhere. Really. Yeah. And, and, and if you're somebody who, who has the potential to come into contact with people who are high risk, whether you live with your grandparents or whatever, I mean, then the responsibility more than ever is on you to, to help to be responsible and not expose those people. Exactly. So I guess that's just kind of where it changed at the beginning. I, I had no sympathy and now I'm like, I kind of understand, you know? But like also just fucking wear a mask, people. Like I, I don't get this slippery slope concept that they're trying to pitch. Like step one, government makes everyone wear a mask. Step two, <laughs> concentration camps. Yeah. Yeah. Like where, where do you think this is going? Yeah. Fucking weird conspiracy guy.
Yeah. It's like you don't think that the government could come up with they can do whatever the hell they want. And you think make everyone wear a step a, one a of cloth the- mouth hole cover <laughs> is step one of their grand plan to take away all your rights and freedoms. Like fucking grow up. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Watching too much forensic files or something. <laughs> Dude, the movie can Forensic Files. We've been on a kick of forensic files lately. It's so good. It's yeah. so good, right? But have you noticed how like the extreme bias? Just how impossible. Look, someone stole our tires twice on camera. On camera, <laughs> they haven't been able to identify the people who did it. Right? Friggin- they can't find it. They're not. They're. They're honestly. They didn't even try. But somehow they make it their life in this like little town in the middle of bumfuck nowhere. They make it their entire life goals purpose to find out who put arsenic on a random person's drink. Right. And then the way they solve the crime. Dude, they all, they always solve the crime in the most just unbelievable way. Well, it's either, it's either two ways in forensic files. Either it's, this the guy is so dumb like i watched one last night where literally guy kills his wife drives five minutes away from his house and throws the body off the side of the road yo man uh someone could literally drive by and be like oh that's a body you know what i mean like how did you think you're gonna get away with that you moron but then some of the other ones are like so convoluted and and just so i can hardly believe that this is how they come up with it. They'll be like, just when there seemed like there was no hope, Sergeant Redneck <laughs> caught a glimpse of something shiny in the middle of the field in the sunlight. He walked over and revealed it was a pubic hair. <laughs> and then they run it through their magic pubic hair database <laughs> and they find a, a, a match to this guy who lives next door. And now that guy's in jail. I'm like, get the hell out of here. Nobody spotted the pubic hair in the field, okay? Yeah. Like, something happened. You planted evidence. You did something. It makes no sense. And, and and also, if that was actually the case, I think their motive to solving those mystery crimes is to put it in forensic files. Because there's no other... Dude, that's there the, is yeah, the no police leaks. officer that is ever motivated to solve a crime like that. You know what I mean? It's a like, lot of work. It's a lot of work. Like, have you, dude, I've dealt with cops. They're like, all right, what happened? I'm like, yeah, they stole everything I had. Oh, okay. Well, there's nothing we can do. Here's the police report. And yeah. then you're like, well, all right, I guess fuck me then. Have you ever seen that, that Seinfeld episode? He's like, don't worry. We're going to do whatever we can to, uh, <laughs> Which is absolutely to, nothing. to locate your car. He gets his like car stolen. He's like, oh, uh, do you ever find these guys? He's like, no, <laughs> no, we don't. It's like, okay. Good. Yeah. Like, no, but in forensic files, they just they just draw these ridiculous relationships and and correlations between the crime and the victim that just are so unlikely. Also, for so some, for some reason, every victim is the most upstanding citizen. <laughs> like no pieces of shit ever get killed for some reason. According yeah. to forensic files, there's yeah. always like Susie was the captain of the cheer squad <laughs> and had straight A's. She was beloved by everyone in West Central Chester. <laughs> you know, and it's like, what? Like, no bad person ever gets killed. It's always Susie. Like, the typical, like, 
person that everyone loves. Legit. Makes no sense. And then what about when they interview, like, when they interview the experts, how they sound? Oh, like, give you an Like, example. okay, like, the, like the one that we watched yesterday about how this guy apparently, because of his intelligence, he was able to, from a cremated body, identify that there was arsenic present. First of all, how, actually, how do you do that? Like, it's a cremate. Where were those remains? I don't know. So you just grab the remains and somehow like reverse engineered a way to figure out whether or not there was arsenic present. And then they, they, you know, it's apparently very, a very difficult thing to do. And then they, uh, interview the guy who did it. And he sounds like, he's like, yeah, it's always some small town guy yeah. who just like, like, yeah, so you're telling me. You're the guy who figured it out? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Guy with the handlebar mustache? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know. And also, I feel like there's such a potential for those things to just get, like, rushed through. Like, people are are concerned because this vaccine took, like, a year to make, and it's getting pushed through really quick. This guy invented a way to find arsenic in cremated remains during the week that they were trying to solve this case. Like there's no confirmation bias there. Like there's no, okay, well, if this sample turns purple, then it's the guy. And then it turns purple and they're like, okay, it's the guy. <laughs> like point proven. All right, let's get him in jail. You yeah. know, I just feel like there's, it's, it's a little rushed, but also what the fuck am I talking about? I have no idea what the science is behind yeah, it. Me neither. Like I'm probably so off, but yeah, but it just seems very unlikely how they solve those my, mysteries. My However, instincts. love it. What's better than um, doing a road trip and staying at one of those like shitty 24-hour hotels in the middle of nowhere and, it's always and turning on files. the TV and it's forensic files? Yeah. There's something about the smell of dirty carpet and like a full day of eating McDonald's and Diet Coke. <laughs> Just gets you in the mood. Gets you in the mood to watch all of the episodes available of forensic files. Yeah. Yeah. All the low budget. <laughs> How is it? But they're, but somehow they're not scary though. Like usually stuff like that with like crimes and stuff like that, there was, would scare me, but forensic files finds a way to make it sound ridiculous and not scary thoughts. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe cause it's always, for some reason it's mostly rural. Like it's hard for me to identify yeah, but we with stay, it. We stay at rural places. We do? Like, well, like when we were doing a road trip and then. Oh, and you like pull off because we see on the GPS there's a motel, motel <laughs> or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Maybe we, we shouldn't watch those in there. Have you ever seen Bill Burr's bit about how he'll never stay in motels? He's like, I've seen way too many of those like crime drama shows or whatever. Like you're telling me that the only thing protecting me in this room from the street where like a psychopath with a chainsaw could just kick in the door and like come in is this is literally this little door. <laughs> like it's the world yeah, yeah. door you in this random motel. Like that's honestly an insane concept with all strangers just staying around you. I mean, and we do that. We've done that often, but you need the separation, the, the front desk, the elevator, <laughs> all that stuff. Um, we should recap what's going on or what happened this month because it was pretty cool. Okay. Fantasy Factory, how pumped are you for that? 
I'm really excited. Finally. Finally, the build out is done. Like all the, the actual building is done. So new offices, new podcast studio, new YouTube studio, all done. They're doing the final painting on it today, which is super exciting. Um, so we're going to have the bangingest podcast with the best setup with all the different camera angles. Oh man. I've been waiting for this day for a while. Me too. I love, I love the flexibility of it, but I lo- I'm going to love being able to like really outfit the studio. Um, what else? We have a nutrition course coming. We did a lot of work on that mm-hmm. many hours that, uh, written by the hybrid team taught by Steffi, myself and Francesco. Francesco. So keep a lookout for that. If you have taken our, um, powerlifting 101 or weightlifting 101 course and like that then this is a great addition to sort of tackle the nutrition side if you haven't taken the powerlifting 101 course or the uh weightlifting 101 course it's super super cost effective it's i feel like i don't know i feel like people teaching squat bench deadlift seminars now is antiquated like yeah it definitely is it literally for less than fifty dollars you can go on our website and learn exact, at your own pace, at your own pace, ex- in the comfort of your own house. Yeah, for a, a, exactly how to coach and train squat, bench, deadlift. You don't need to go spend two hundred dollars, five hundred dollars to go sit in front of some power lifter who's going to tell you how he does squat, bench, and deadlift. Like that is, you know, it, it, unless you just are a big fan of that person and you just kind of want a glorified meet and greet. I feel like there's well, but there's there, better ways to do it. So what 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 is it called? Reverse classroom. What's the name of that? No idea. Reverse classroom. It, it has a name where like you watch the lectures and then you go and then you meet with your instructor for practical stuff. Uh, okay. It has a name. Sure. But I forgot uh, what, the name, but yeah. what the name is. But that's the idea behind what we're doing. Like ideally, you know, this, everyone will get vaccinated and this pandemic will be over. Uh, and then you'll be able to take the longer format course, the certification that we're going to uh, uh-huh. teach online. Yeah. And then we'll meet up five. I think the plan is to do five or six times. Uh, out of the year at hybrid for, for the practical. So there's, because there's no, I mean, it's literally what, it's exactly what I complained about when I was in school. Why should, why should the instructor be explaining the same basic thing? You know, the basics, the fundamentals over and over and over again, and in front of a room of 200 people taking the same exact notes and not leave enough time or mental energy for people to be able to ask the important questions, like the critical yeah. thinking questions, which are way more important than how do you teach exactly how to squat? Cause, or how do you teach exactly how to do X, Y, Z, right? That that's not where that's not skill. That's not coaching skill. Right. That's not training skill either. So the idea is that you go through the fundamental fundamentals, you go through the basics, and then we meet up and we talk about how to actually apply that to a real human being. And we, we talk about exceptions. We talk about when to break the rules, how to break the rules, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, that's so. maybe the best pitch I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> but for real, that's why we did what we did, right? I mean, we've seen this like... Every single person who does powerlifting offers to do a powerlifting seminar and teach you to squat bench and deadlift. And Yeah, I always refuse to do that. I know. I know. Yeah. We haven't done that for a reason. But I think this is a much more effective and also cost-effective way to go about doing it. So that sort of turned into a pitch. But <laughs> um, I think we're done. Yeah, I mean, we're pretty much done. So this is a bit of housekeeping then, I guess. But uh, yeah, check out the courses, just hybridperformancemethod.com slash courses, and you can read all about them. Um, the weightlifting course is taught by Fernando, who's a three-time Olympian uh, in Olympic weightlifting. Um, 
Yeah, what else we got? We got a bunch of apparel drops coming. We're actually doing a photo shoot for one of the drops that's going to come out uh, end of the week today. So stay tuned for that. I don't want to spoil what exactly is going to be on it, but keep an eye on the social media because that's going to be super cool. Yeah. As always, don't forget to screenshot the episode while you're listening to it. Tag us, tag Hybrid Unlimited, um, and post it up in your story. And that automatically enters you into a draw to win an entire drop from Hybrid Legacy Brand. Epic. Uh, epic, right in time for uh, for Christmas. So Merry Christmas to you or whatever holiday you celebrate. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Whatever, whatever else there is out there. Um, and yeah, I think that's all. Check us out for training nutrition if you need help with that hybridperformancemethod.com or check out our social media at hybridperformancemethod. Peace.